0: Hello, listener, and welcome to Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mwangi. Maureen Komboka is in standby with the Family Life segment. Today, she will talk about infants as sexual beings. Sister Beke Runga will also be joining us during the Bible segment. Today, she will talk about what are we doing here. Stay tuned for this sounds and songs to change store for you. Here's a song Atakapokuja by Fika Main Choir.
1: Come on, let's kuli zenugu wa kuli gali wa kudiramuzi au la kono jitahidiuwe wa kudirako wa vita ni watavi kwa jadi kuli zenugu wa Punira Musi Aura Pono, Tita Igu, Wakunira Pono, Wata Kauji, Navita, Tia Wata Pi, Wata D, Am Kelly
0: This is the New Life Program coming to you from Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Maureen Komboka with the Family Life segment. Be blessed.
2: Hello, dear listener. Welcome to today's Family Life program. Our title is Sexuality, and you're going to major on the topic, Infants are Sexual Beings too. Can you remember the first time you held your newborn baby close to your heart? How light that little bundle was, and how heavy, by comparison, were the feelings of responsibility you experienced? Your dearest desire was for the complete well-being of this tiny one. I recall vividly the deep desire I felt to care for my firstborn, our son. You were willing to do whatever was necessary to see that he and our three succeeding daughters grow up strong and healthy. You two have felt an urgent desire to help your little ones develop each aspect of their personalities and characters in positive ways. Let's talk today about some of the ways in which you can have an influence even at this early age you will be able to provide a good beginning for later education in the area of sexuality. Without even realizing it, you are educating even at this very early stage, positively or negatively. I can hear some of you saying, educating for sexuality in the cradle? Isn't that a bit far-fetched? No, it is not unreasonable. Parents will even now teach by touch and teach by talk. Let's look at each of these more closely. The way we touch our children as we take care of them gives them messages of tenderness or of indifference. Gentleness in stroking, parting, and caressing gives the baby an opportunity to experience the joys of good body feelings. The response will be comfort and reassurance. It is at this stage that your baby learns to trust its caretakers and its environment. If touching is sometimes rough or arid, and at other times loving and tender, and still other times simply ignored, a baby can experience insecurity. You see, inconsistency is confusing. This is one of the reasons why it is so beneficial for little ones to have parental consistencies in their care. The alternative is too often give succession of different caretakers who do not have the same feelings of responsibility and motivation to transmit these caring attributes. Sometimes there seems to be no other alternative. Parents in this case will do their utmost to reassure themselves of good daycare. Letting the babysitter know what is important to you is truly important. Now let's talk about teaching by talk. Even babies can quickly pick up verbal cues. When the tone of voice is relaxed, with tender inflections, a baby responds far differently than when it is stressed, loud and strident in tone. When babies are spoken to, there is usually immediate attention. This is true even of a very tiny baby. Long before they can understand words, they pick up quickly on your moods. They need the stimulation of your voice directed to them. Their first smiles and cooing are in response to this communication. Now, when you put touching and talking together, you are delivering a marvelous message. You are saying to this developing little person, I care about you. You are important to me. You are wonderful. I'm here beside you to love and keep you safe and secure. What a beautiful communication. Can you see how feelings of trust and appreciation of our wonderful bodies can begin? Babies can learn early that bodies are special and full of good feelings all over. They thrive on and enter into a loving response to your communication. These are the very components that will later mature into good sexual relationships in marriage. You may be wondering why... We should be concerned about something that won't be happening for years yet. Why worry about marital adjustment at this early stage of life? God created us to mature and develop mentally. When we miss one stage of this process, other stages cannot be. built on what has already taken place. Sometimes we find it difficult or even impossible to make up what we miss at early stages. This is why conscious parents are eager to enhance those traits of personality and character which will make many aspects of adult life more positive. From here, your little ones are going through the physical development stage of rolling over, sitting, pulling up, standing, and finally, that amazing accomplishment, walking, toddling. While you are observing these milestones, you are busily bathing, dressing, feeding, and diapering your child. Here, unconsciously, parents sometimes make a negative contribution to the child's understanding of sexuality. When your baby begins to explore its body, you are delighted to see the tiny fingers find the ears, the toes, the tummy and the nose. But what is your response when the gentles are touched? Sometimes a brisk removal, a slap, or a stern, no, no, dirty, nasty, along with a quick cover-up. This must seem puzzling to a baby when it is repeated, particularly when all other parts of the body seem to get such enthusiastic approval. When you diaper your babies. If they hear words such as smelly, yucky, along with a disapproving expression, what is communicated, a little one will have a hard time understanding that it is the diapers contents that causes such a negative response. To them, the genitals will seem to be the cause. This is not the message you want them to receive about these parts of God's creation. Parents now have fun teaching their children the names for parts of the body. We are simply ecstatic when they can accurately Point to different parts of their bodies as we name them ears, eyes, elbow, knee. We are even more thrilled when they begin to try to say the names after us. Their attempts at talking are pure delight, but the genital parts of their bodies go nameless. Eventually, we do give them silly little two syllable names to body parts, often different than other families. How confusing this must be! This practice also opens up the way for your children to get intrigued with vulgar and obscene language. They may use these words as substitute when we don't for rightly use correct names for genital parts. This also includes using correct terminology for body functions. Parents tell me that one of the reasons they are not eager to talk to their children about sexual matters is because they are embarrassed and wordless. You see, this difficulty goes on from one generation to the next. This troubled feeling was no doubt expressed by our mothers and their mothers and grandmothers. This is why I'm so eager for parents to talk out loud to their babies... about their sexuality from the beginning... so that they can get comfortable with their language. Let me give you a little example of how you could do this with a new baby girl. Here we are, sweethearts. Now we are going to take off your clothes to get ready for a bath. You like that, don't you? It feels good to have your clothes off so you can kick and play. Then, as you are sopping the baby... What a beautiful little body you have. What precious little hands and arms. Getting so plump and chubby. What a strong chest. Some day you'll develop lovely breasts right here. You'll have nice rounded curves in new places. What a nice little tummy. Your hips, thighs are so busy kicking. Your little legs and toes are absolutely perfect. Now let's carefully clean this part of body. These are the sexual parts called genitals. Someday, these parts of your body will make you a fully grown woman and maybe a mother. Mommy is going to tell you all about this. You won't ever have questions about sexuality that you can't even answer for. Your first information will not be wrong information from others. The psalmist, David, tells us in scriptures that we are wonderfully made. Just to consider the makeup for our bodies should bring forth awe and wonder. Children need to understand that these bodies are gifts from God and are uniquely their own. David tells us father in the same psalm, the 139th, as he talks to God. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's home. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in a secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Our reluctance to talk about these things with our children is not based on biblical teaching. But through the years, many layers of prohibition and errors have taken away the ability to think of sexuality in terms of the beautiful. You want these to be different from your children. I'm sure you want to protect them from influence that seem bound to them and expose sexuality as humorous, degraded, or violent. You can only do this as you plan, from the very beginning of life, to portray sexuality as God-given and as protected by this wise Heavenly Father. Thank you for listening to me. I've been your presenter Maureen Kombuka.
0: You are tuned to Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. This is your presenter, Samuel Mahangi. A producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us through awi.nairobi nairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now listen to thicker Main Choir with the song, I Am Longing. Here's another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Sister Becky Arunga. Welcome, Sister.
3: I am amazed at the goodness of the Lord that has enabled us to be in His presence. His mighty hand that has been upholding us with every precious blessing of life. Now God has invited us in a special way to study that which he has given unto us. Beloved, it is no secret what God can do in your life. I am Becky Arunga. I invite us yet again to study from the story of Elijah and see how this mighty man of God lost faith was in despair at some point, but God was able to intervene and save him through it all. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning we see new masses. For all that we ever need, your hand provides. And Lord, we need concentration and grace at this juncture to understand and comprehend your word of truth May it be done unto us according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And beloved of God, I know we are not new to the story of Elijah. And were we to be new to the story? In short, Elijah was a prophet in Israel, reigning chiefly at the time of Ahab. Ahab was a king of Israel who had greatly apostatized and fallen away from God. And this apostasy was highly contributed to by his marriage to one queen Jezebel, a wicked queen who persecuted the prophets of God. But today we are not looking at the prospects of Ahab and his wife Jezebel. But we want to look at the prospect of this man of God by the name Elijah. Elijah, by his word, there was a drought in Israel for three and a half years. And after the drought, he organized a contest upon the Mount Camel to know who is the greatest. Is it God or it is Baal? And at the end of the contest, the God who answered with fire was Yahweh, the God of heaven. And surely it was known that he is truly God. And at the end of it all, it rained massively and the drought came to an end. In a twist of events, Jezebel said that having seen how the prophets of Baal had been executed at the contest of Carmel, she swore in her heart to do the same to the prophets of Yahweh, chiefly Elijah. And so Elijah was afraid. It is interesting how this man of God, who had commanded fire from heaven, was now afraid at a woman by the name Jezebel. Surely Jezebel must have been quite wicked. And so, as Elijah, not being commanded by God, left to hide in the wilderness, away from Jezebel. Little did he know that where he could hide from the eyes of Jezebel, he could not run away from the searching hearts of Yahweh. The Lord had not sent him to leave Israel. The Lord has not asked him to go to wherever he went, but the Lord desired that he should remain. He was not to go to Beersheba, but he was to remain in Israel. So on this particular day, as he rained and went forth into a cave, he found himself a place to rest. And in his resting he was not resting as a man of peace, but he was resting as a man in despair, a man in flight running away from the wicked hand and heart of Jezebel. But while he was there, the Lord came to him. The Lord came to him at that juncture and asked him a specific question. Interestingly, where had ran away from God and went to Beersheba, the angel of the Lord still came to feed him. The angel of the Lord still brought bread and drink for him. The angel of the Lord was still there with him, but there was still an answer that he owed to God. And that's what we want to look into as we read 1 Kings chapter 19 and reading from verse 7. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, And he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Turned down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Beloved, this is a situation that is happening just after Elijah's victory on Mount Carmel. And we know that upon Mount Carmel, Elijah was able to convince the Israelites, and the Israelites confessed that the Lord, He is God. How be it now that this very Elijah is saying that the children of the Lord have forsaken the covenant, torn down the altars, and killed the prophets with the sword, and he himself was remaining, and they sought to take his life. How is it that despair came upon him, even at the time that he needed the Lord most? And so it is in our life. The Lord has led us through many prospects, The Lord has guided us and we have seen his mighty hand. But sometimes when the things of this earth begin to cloud our minds, we forget that our God is powerful. And like Elijah, we run away. Something that comes out clearly is that the fact that God is sustaining you at a particular place does not mean that he is pleased with your action. Or rather, he has approved of your decision to run away. The fact that God is helping you while you are in your hibernation does not mean that he approves of it. We are to be in season and out of season, instant in serving the Lord. Paul, writing the letter to young Timothy, said, Preach the gospel, be instant in season and out of season. Rebuke, exhort, teach with all manner of sound doctrine. So, beloved, there is no break from the gospel. As Elijah, we are not to retreat and say that people are not accepting the message. It is not your role to convict men of sin, but it is the spirit of God that moves about. It is the spirit of God that convicts men of sin. And so from the story of Elijah, God could be sustaining you where you are. God could be giving you everything you need for life because he is faithful. And our circumstances do not change how he views us. He is forever loving. But this one question remains. What are you doing here? What are you doing wherever you are? Are you there because God has sent you? Are you there because you've sent yourself and running away from a catastrophe? Remember the story of Jonah how he was going on a different route from that which God had asked him to, and how he was found in the belly of a big fish. The path of disobedience is sloppy. The path of disobedience is laden with many people with good desires. But it takes action in the Lord to prove that you belong to Him. The question still remains... What are you doing here? What is it that is driving you wherever you are? Have you lost faith as did Elijah? Or are you waiting upon the Lord to fulfill his promises in your life? For we realize Father, that it was not only Elijah who was there, but there were 7,000 others who had not bowed down to Baal or kissed him. You may be thinking you are alone, But God has preserved for himself a remnant. Continue doing the work of the Lord. Continue in the service of the Lord. Chief above everything. Trust in the Lord to grant the desires of your heart according to his riches in glory. It matters not how much you have gone in despair, but this day, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Trust and obey him. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we realize that no matter how powerful You have used us in the past, we still reach our moments of crisis and despondency, and lose faith and hope. But once again, we rise and our hand to touch Your hand of love, Lord, and You may give us the strength to withstand the the adversary that is around us. Help us to remain trusting in you day by day, not in anything but in your merit alone. Your love is a sure truth unto us. Your love is a sure guide unto us all. Bless us, O Lord, and teach us ever to submit to your will. I pray for my dear listener who had lost courage, and you may, Lord, give him the strength he needs to continue forging ahead in service to you. I pray, believing and trusting in Jesus' name. Amen. May the good Lord help you to know the reason why you're here and continue trusting and serving Him. Till next time, be blessed.
0: That brings us to the end of our program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. we would like to have your views, comments, or questions about this program, please send them to the producer, Adventist Soul Radio, PO Box four two two seven six zero zero one zero zero 100 Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through Nairobi at ak Join me next time, same place, same time. But until then, may our good Lord keep you safe. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi.
1: How wonderful when the saints come together to worship me.